Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Yes. We want to welcome everybody, everybody at all of our campuses, Seymour, Garfield Park, Franklin, Banta, of course, everybody watching online, everybody at our microsites, and of course, everyone right here at Greenwood. We are so glad that you're here today. By the way, can we give it up for everybody who's new again? Yes, we want to give it up for everybody who's first-time guest. Thank you for coming today. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Aaron Beasley. I am the Emmanuel Church Banta Campus Pastor, and we just want to welcome you. We've been in this series called Conversations, so if this is your first week, you're just tuning in, and you're not sure what this is all about, let me just give you the synopsis real quick, is that we are in this series called Conversations because if we admit, we all love conversations. I love conversations. I love talking about March Madness. That's right. I love March Madness. It's my favorite time of the year. Sorry to all you Purdue fans. I am sorry. I am sorry. I'm an Indiana fan. So <laughs> anyways, um, anyways, but I feel really bad for you. Um, but anyways, we can talk about that after the service. I love conversations. I love talking about food. I love talking about travel. I love talking about lots of things. I love conversations. And you probably do as well. But there's some conversations that we don't really like, the uncomfortable ones, the difficult ones. And there's many reasons for that that could get awkward. We may not have enough information. We're afraid someone could cancel us or block us or may think differently about us. So sometimes we try to avoid those things. But as parents, we know that if you avoid difficult conversations or uncomfortable conversations, then what ends up happening is people will fill in the blanks themselves. And as a church, uh, our pastor has decided that he loves you too much, I love you too much not to have these uh, difficult, uncomfortable conversations because we don't want everyone to do what's right in their own eyes. Because in the end, uh, our world today tells us, live your truth, live how you feel about this. It's okay, just live that way. But, but God tells us the exact opposite. Can you imagine if seven and a half billion people did what was right in their own eyes? It would be chaos. Like, actually, Vladimir Putin is doing that right now. He's doing what he thinks is right in his own eyes. And so can you imagine if everyone did that? That's why in the book of Judges, God gives us this warning. In those days, Israel had no king. What that means is they had no spiritual leader. And so the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And, and God actually tells us to do the exact opposite in his word. In Proverbs, he says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your what? Own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. 
So in this series, we've been having some uh, difficult, uncomfortable conversations. In the first week, we talked about same-sex attraction, homosexuality. The second week, we talked about transgenderism. Last week, we talked about abortion. And so you can catch all those talks on our YouTube channel, uh, our app, you can, our website. You can check those out. And I get to bring conversation number four, which is pornography. Awesome. <laughs> really excited about talking about this. And and actually, the, the church asked me to talk about this one because about six or seven years ago, I was the student's pastor here, and we did kind of like a porn workshop for parents and students. If you've been around for a while, uh, we kind of did that. And so they asked me to talk about this because of that previous experience. So I guess you could call me the porn guy. It's great. <laughs> Please don't call me that in public. It would ruin my image. So I've worked really hard to try to work on that. But don't, in all seriousness... We're talking about this today because it is rampant in our culture, and I think it's very important that we even define what pornography is before we even get started. And this is pornography. It's the depiction of erratic behavior, as in pictures, writing, or video intended to cause sexual excitement. That, that actually would mean, I think there's other things that would be considered porn that we don't consider porn based off this definition. Like, this is what pornography is. It's a depiction of erotic behavior, as in pictures, writing, hello, Fifty Shades of Grey, video intended to cause sexual excitement. Now, I want to I I preference with this, by the way, that first of all, if this is something you struggle with, this is something your spouse struggles with, you have a child that struggles with this, you know someone who struggles with this, I just, before I even get into the stats, because it's going to not be fun to talk about, I, I just want to say this, there's grace for you. We're not trying to hammer down if this is a struggle. We're not trying to say you're worthless. We're going to get to that in the talk. I, I just want to say that up front because I'm going to start talking about this. And porn is one of these things where like our society is starting to say, oh, it's okay. But then also it's also nasty. And some people are like, shame, shame. And, and we're not trying to do that. So I just want to say that to start this off as I get into these stats. So let's just get into this right now because I need you to see this, is that porn makes 12 to $15 billion a year and that's probably on the low end because they can't really, um, they just can't, there's a lot of pirating going on. There's a lot of, uh, they're private owned so they don't really have to report everything. There's, there's just a lot of things that we don't really know how much porn really makes. Some people estimate that it could be $97 billion a year. That's the high end. What I'm telling you is this number is more than Netflix makes in a year. It's more than the NFL makes in a year. It's more than ABC, CBS, NBC combined make in a year. Porn makes a lot of money. How about this? OnlyFans, if you don't know what OnlyFans is, OnlyFans is an app where you can do other things, but most people just undress in their homes. It's an app that was started in 2020. It went from 85 million users and creators in 2020 to 120 million users and creators in one year, 2021. You know, OnlyFans gives its creators 200, they, they chalk out $200 million a month. People are leaving their jobs. People aren't going to work in restaurants anymore because they don't have to. They can just undress in their homes. People subscribe to it. They make lots of money off of it. How about this? This is where we're going to start really getting into the information. This is a 2016 survey. 
okay? This is 16, so this is six years ago. I'm sure this number is higher. 53% of boys and 40% of girls. So this isn't just a guy problem. This is everyone problem. Ages 11 to 16, let me say that again. Ages 11 to 16 think that porn is an accurate description of how sex is. Anyone who's married knows that's not true. (laughs) Sometimes it's awkward and you laugh at each other. Sometimes someone gets pleased and the other one doesn't. Like, this is, that's sex. But see, porn gets to film it over and over and over again, and they do all these things, and our children think that's an accurate depiction of sex. How about this one? 25% of young adults, 18 to 24, think, uh, this was 2016 as well, think that this is how you can learn best about sex, that porn is the best way to learn about sex and how to have it. This one. Do you know that people who engage in porn, like some people say, like, put porn in your life and it will spice up your life and it will will help you a little bit. But actually studies show that people who engage in porn are twice as likely to divorce or break up in their relationship. This is really going to hit us right here. Did you know that the average age of a person who starts filming porn is 12.8 years of age because they're a human trafficking victim? And then they get stuck in this world and they can't get out. Because that's why human trafficking now makes $32 billion a year. Human trafficking makes 32, it's got profit of $32 billion a year, human trafficking does. Because they're stealing young children from different countries, even from our areas. People are getting abducted. This is why I tell my wife and all of us to like, be on alert. We should be on alert as a community, right? Because this stuff is happening. Because porn is moving these things forward and faster. I have to share that because I could share a whole bunch of other stats with you today. But this is just right, this is tipping the iceberg. So then the question is, is, if this is the studies and we know it's like, why is pornography so popular? Why is it so popular? Like, we have to understand this. And, and first, I mean, let's just cut to the chase. It's pleasurable. It's pleasurable? How do I know this? Well, when I was in fifth grade, that was the first time I saw porn. And that was without phones. So, like, I didn't have phones when I was growing up. I went over to a friend's house, and he was like, check this out. And I was watching his TV screen, and I was like, what am I watching? Well, I was watching, uh, a per- I was watching a girl perform oral sex on a man and then do other things. But the truth is, is I didn't know what I was watching, but I just knew that I liked it. <laughs> Why do I like this? Like, what, what is going on? Because porn is pleasurable. It is. It also gets us away from pain. It's popular because it gets us away from pain. Like maybe we're single and it's been hard for us to find someone or have intimacy. And so porn allows us to get out of that reality. Or maybe we are married and our relationship with our spouse isn't going so well. So porn gets us away from that. Maybe even helps us get some pleasure that we don't think we're getting at home. 
It also allows us to get away from the pain of a traumatic experience or a circumstance. Maybe we lost our job or some other thing. And so porn allows us to get away from that pain. And so it becomes popular. It also rewires our brains. You know porn is, is it's a new drug. It, it like rewires your brain. Let me explain what I mean by this. So when you watch porn, it releases dopamine from your brain which is like your pleasurable senses, and then it creates a neural pathway that goes to the front of your brain, and then you're like, I like that. And so then you start watching again, and then the dopamine gets released again, and the neural pathway gets bigger. And then the more you watch it, the more dopamine gets released, but then you have to have more dopamine to actually fulfill the pleasure sensors in the front, and so it actually has to, you have to watch it more, or you have to watch something that's different. And then the next thing you know, you've got such a big neural pathway and dopamine that's being released that you can't get enough, and it never becomes enough, and then this is how people become addicts. It's just a natural science response. This happens at Disney World. Let me explain what I mean by that. I just came from Disney World with my kids. Disney is so good at releasing dopamine. What do I mean by that? Well, my kids watch a Disney movie and they're like, I like this movie, and dopamine gets released. Then we go to the park, right? And they've got it set up just so dopamine gets released everywhere. We show up and there's a princess that my kids know, and they're like, Princess Jasmine, dopamine released. There's a Mickey Mouse ice cream on every corner. Dopamine released. We go on the Frozen ride. Olaf singing. Dopamine released. Then the next thing you know, it's created a neural pathway in the front of my children's brains. And then we get home. And you know what they want to do? Is go back to Disney World. And we can't go back to Disney World because it's too expensive. It's like something you do every like seven years, at least in my house. But what I'm saying is porn does the same thing, but it does it faster and it does it quicker. And all of a sudden you just go down this rabbit hole and you can't get out because it rewires your brain to where so much so that maybe you can't even have intimacy with your spouse or or, uh, the significant other in your life because of what is happening. You don't find them attractive. That's why it's so popular. And lastly, it's popular because sex has become a little God in our culture. Or I should probably say a big God. Because you can't go anywhere without sex being talked about. You can't watch anything without sex being talked about. Like, we think of porn as like Playboy. This is what our natural thing, like if you're older, you think, oh, Playboy. Let me tell you something. That's not what porn is. Because Playboy is now mainstream. It's on NBC. You, like, you can't get away from sex. I can't get on Instagram, okay, without someone trying to sell me their product, right? They're trying to sell me a book. They're like, look at my book. <laughs> but they're really selling me their boobies. Dudes do it too, right? They're like, yeah, like, look at my product. And they got their shirt off, and it's like, look at my crotch line. Look how strong I am. And we all think that's normal. We all think that's normal. You know why we think that's normal? Because sex has become a god in our culture. We have, as Pastor Danny has said in the series, we have traded the creator for the created thing. And so porn is, porn is becoming mainstream. Porn is normal. Just like oral sex and stuff is normal. And now porn is becoming hardcore stuff where it's like, 
physical things and physical abuse and things that we shouldn't even have. And this is the rabbit hole that our children and people are going down. And it's causing huge problems in our relationships, in our culture. And that's why it matters. Like, why does this matter? Why am I even talking about this? Like, why should we talk about this? And, you know, do I, do I want to talk about porn? No, I don't want to talk about it. But we need to talk about it. Because what I want you to know today is there's no other sin that destroys like pornography or really sexual immorality because that is what porn is. Like, you know, our, our middle school and high school students today, maybe they're watching porn and, and they think that it's okay because they're actually not performing the physical act. Well, no, no, it's still sexual immorality because you are looking at someone's spouse, someone's future spouse, someone's son or daughter that is not your spouse. And, and you're looking at things and you're, you're getting excited and you, that is sexual immorality and this will destroy your marriage faster, it will destroy your family, it will destroy our community, it will destroy our church. This is why I have to be careful. Like, this is why churches explode, right? Because the pastor has an affair, or he's looking at porn, or there's something going on. Like, you have to be careful because nothing destroys like this. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians says this, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. It's a sin against yourself. What about community or church? Like Sodom and Gomorrah, was a, they were towns during the time of Abraham. And Abraham is the father of the Israelites and the many nations. And God made promises of them. But, but look at this in Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. In Jude chapter 1. Verse 7. Like, what are Sodom and Gomorrah? It's a warning that sexual perversion, pornography, sexual immorality, it destroys communities. It destroys. That's why we need to talk about this. But it's popular, and obviously it's making billions of dollars. And I want a world where, where it doesn't make as much money as the NFL, I would love a world where that's the case. So how can we overcome pornography then? How can we do this as a church, as an individual, as a family? Well, like, how do we do this? Well, first, we have to change your mindset or change our mindset. And there's two things that I mean about this. First, you have to change your mindset that this is wrong. Like students, this is wrong. If you're an adult, this is wrong. It is sexual immorality. We have to get to a place where our culture isn't trying to even tell us, well, well, certain porn is okay, and this is all right, and it's okay, and you know, shows are just filled with sexual innuendos, and it's totally fine, and everything's fine. No, no, we got to change our mindset. Like, like, you know, if you're posting your body on purpose to, to create something, like, maybe you need to change your mindset. If you're on OnlyFans, and you're like, but I'm making so much money. You need to change your mindset. And then we need to change our mindset that if this is a struggle of ours, like we're in the middle of it, and, and right now, like this is, is hard to heal but here, but I'm in this middle of this, that you can change. Like this sin doesn't have to keep holding on to you. 
Even though science, maybe your brain has changed, your brain's been rewired, here's what I promise you, is God has made us amazing beings that we can also reverse those neural pathways. You can change your mindset the opposite way. You don't have to stay there. And Paul even knows this. This is why he says this, God's will for you is to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control. You can control. We can change our mindsets in his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this way or this matter by violating his wife, husband, child, for the Lord avenges all such sins, and we have solemnly warned you before. What's he saying? He's saying porn, sexual immorality, it's a sin against even those people. But you can control your body. You can change your mindset. I promise you. But that's how we first will overcome. We have to, we have to decide that this is true. And then that leads us to the second thing that we need to do is we need to flee. Run! Do we get that across all of our campuses? Like, you've got to run from this. This is 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Run from sexual sin. Like, what do I mean by this? Like, you get online and all of a sudden those videos pop up because Facebook and Instagram are the devil's playground and you block it, you block it, you block it, you get out of it. The, the lady that's, you know, Ashley, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, from whatever place, you get that little inbox, delete it, block her, get it out. Because I'm telling you, you don't want to go down the rabbit hole. You're around people who are just like talking about sex all the time. And they're talking about women that aren't their spouse or guys who aren't their spouse. Run from those people. Love those people, but run. Listen, if you've got a middle school kid and they have this, what are you doing? Can I just be honest? Middle school kids, you should not argue with your parents about you having this because you cannot handle this. Because adults can barely handle this. And you know, I know the excuse, right? Well, every kid has it, and then I need to know where they're at, and I need to know. No, here's the thing. What happens if we're all just bad parents? You're right. I know I'm a bad parent, and I know 75 others that are too. Let's go. This is how you change the culture. I'm just saying, no middle school kid can handle this. I promise you. If I saw porn in fifth grade... Without this, here's what I promise you. You're third grader. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be honest today because we need to help our kids flee from this. They think that this is an accurate description of sex. It's not. And then people want to know why they're sex. Like, like sex is a good thing. It's a good thing. But people want to know why like people have problems in relationships and how they think sex and stuff. It's because of porn. It's because they have these things that they think. It's because we watch movies and it's like these people are, you know, having sex for like seven hours. <laughs> I would be exhausted. Are you serious? <laughs> Come on. It's not real. But our kids think it is. We got to run from it. Run. That leads us to the next thing is we have to be accountable. I promise you, you will not have victory over this if you try to do this alone. It won't happen. It will not happen. 
It's impossible. If you struggle with this, you have to have accountability. And so I put some things in your notes to help you with this. There's triplexchurch.com. In your notes, it says .org. It's not correct. It's .com. Don't worry, the .org website doesn't take you anywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Can you imagine? You got your notes, and the pastor's like, hey, go to triplexchurch.org. It's like, this is a porn site. Ah! The pastor do. No, this is... This is the, it's triplexchurch.com, okay, for accountability. All right, it's fightthenewdrug.org. This is like not even a religious thing. It's like all based off science and all this. Like go to fightthenewdrug.org for accountability. Go to covenanteyes.com. They have an app even where you can help your children and yourself and all this. Go, uh, there's some books that I even have here. Uh, This one right here, Pure Eyes, Clean Heart. It's about a couple that had to walk through uh, pornography addiction. It's really good. Like, read this one. This is like the number one thing, treating pornography addiction. It goes into the science as well. It's a PhD guy, but he goes through the essential tools for recovery. Parents, this is so good for you if you have young children or anything. Good pictures, bad pictures. Teach them now. Like, show them. Like, this is a great thing. How about Celebrate Recovery? We have Celebrate Recovery, which is just a, it's a physical thing. It's an addiction recovery place for all addictions. Like, go to our small group here that we have this for you. Or please, 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 I can't say this, text HELP to 65248. Like, if this is a struggle, text HELP. It's going to go to one of your campus pastors. If you're a student, we can get it to your student's pastors. If you're a family, we want to help you. Like, Like, please hear me today. If you struggle with this, it's all right. It's okay. We are here to help. And that leads me to the, to the last thing that we need to do if we're going to overcome pornography addiction, and that is there can be no shame. Like, if you struggle with this, there cannot be shame that what you're dealing with is abnormal or I can't overcome this. That's not true. See, for whatever reason, this sin, pornography, sexual morality, all this, like what we do is like when people struggle with this, we go, mmm, nasty. Even though this is probably the sin that there's probably 50% in this room that are, are struggling with this. We're being honest. And you know, this is what Adam and Eve tried to do when they sinned against God. You know, they hid from God. They're like, oh no, we're naked and oh, we made a mistake. And so they start to hide and God's like, Adam, Eve. Adam, Eve, even though he knew where they were. And Adam says this, Adam replied, God, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Can I tell you, if you struggle with this, it's like, I don't, wanna, I don't want people to know and I'm afraid what they think. I'm afraid what my spouse is gonna think. I'm afraid what my parents are gonna think. I'm afraid what our church is gonna think because I'm on the impact team. I'm afraid what someone's gonna think. It's like, no, 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 just get help. So don't feel shame. And, and then also, I'm gonna speak to the people who maybe aren't struggling with this. First of all, you need to understand you're one click away just so everybody understands. You're one click away. And, and also, you shaming people who come to you isn't gonna help them. Like your kids come to you and they tell you they're struggling with this and you go, what are you doing? You're, you're shutting down right there and there. Like there should be no shame. You should say, thank you for coming to me. Spouses, if your husband or your wife struggles with this, you, you shouldn't look at them and be like, I can't believe, I know it's hard. 
I know it's hard because they've broken trust or maybe there's things, but you can't be like, oh, am I not good enough for you? Am I not, what's wrong with you? What's going on? No, 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 no. What you need to do is, how can I help you, honey? No, no shame. No shame because when you shame someone, you, you create more pain and then that pain leads them to do what? Go back to the thing that you don't like, that we shouldn't like. This is why I love Jesus because Paul is trying to teach us this is who our God is. God does not shame us. God loves us out of our mess. In 1 John, he says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Then in chapter two, he says this, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. His name is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. This is our God. And pornography is not stronger than our God. He pleads before the Father. We have to believe that. Do you believe that today, church? So I'm going to say today, if this is a struggle for you, there is no shame from our church. None. Please text HELP to 65248. Or find someone you can talk to. Go to those websites. Get accountability. Middle school and high school students, please, if you're in the middle of this, go talk to your parents. Do not get down the rabbit hole. Text help. We want to help you. God wants to help you. And that's why I'm so thankful that we have a God who helps us no matter what we struggle with. Whether it's porn, anger, pride, lying, Stealing, like we have a God who understands our need and that we always trade things, created things in for the creator. And God sent Jesus so that we could put our trust in him and that he could advocate for us. He could be the one who sacrifices. Then when we trust in him, then we start to live in the kingdom. We start to live the way that we should. And so at all of our campuses, I just want to give every single person the opportunity to put their trust, not in themselves, not in other people, but in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he did on the cross that he died for us. And then he rose again three days later to conquer sin in the grave and that then we can live with him forever and eternity, but live right now in this earth the way that we're supposed to differently than the world, not like the pagans, but like believers who know what God has done for us. So it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the heart. It's the motive behind it. It's putting your trust in him. And so you could say something like this to God. God, I've made mistakes. I've sinned. Porn and sexual immorality has consumed my life. Greed, anger, hate. But God, I'm so thankful that you sent your son Jesus 
to die for me on the cross. And that he rose again, conquered sin, the grave. And he is pleading before your throne for me. It's not anything I can do. It's not anything else anybody can do for me. It's what Jesus already did. And I'm putting my trust in that today. All of my trust, all of my life, all of my sins, all of that, I'm giving that to you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you did for me on the cross. I give you my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And across all of our campuses, can we give it up? Can we give it up for all those people? We got something for you. It's called our Save Box. You can text the word SAVED to 65248. Text SAVED to 65248. And after the service, if you're at one of our physical locations, go to our information desk and we'll get you one of these. If you're online, we will mail you one of these. This is the best decision you can ever make. There's a Bible in it. There's a reading plan in it. It's got your next steps in it. It's got a coffee mug in it. So text SAVED to 65248 if you made that decision. Come on, church. Can we give it up for those people one last time? Come on. The best decision you'll ever make. So then, so then, here's my question for everyone as we close today. How will you overcome sexual immorality? Maybe it's you are struggling with porn and you need to text help. You need to get on those websites. You need to take a step. Maybe you're a parent and it's like, I need to do something about my middle school child. I need to check. I need to put the phone away. Whatever it is. Maybe it's you have a spouse and you need to pray for them and you do not need to shame them. You need to help in this matter. Whatever it is to overcome sexual immorality. Maybe you're posting some pictures that are a little provocative, maybe you can stop on that. Whatever it is, how will you overcome sexual immorality? How will you do that today? That is our challenge. Uh, we hope that you have enjoyed this series. We just want to let you know that no matter what, God is moving, God loves you, He has a plan where you're at, and He can change you. He can change you, I promise you, no matter what. Will you join with me as we pray, and then I will turn it over to our local teams. God, I thank you so much for the series. Man, it is hard to have uncomfortable conversations, but God, will you help us be people who will embrace the uncomfortable? God, so that we will not live in what's right in our own eyes, but instead we will live for what you say. We will depend on your understanding, not our own. So God, we love you. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone who is struggling with pornography, sexual morality, they will text help they will get the help that they need. God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you that we get to be here today. Thank you that we get to worship you. Help us do it throughout the week. Help us be lights in a world that desperately needs you. We love you. We praise you. And we give you this time in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, we love you guys. See you next week. Bring a friend. <laughs>